It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code POWERTRIP20 for free shipping and 20% off. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Packages shower products. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code POWERTRIP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use that promo code POWERTRIP20. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, right here on the TMPT feed, part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire here each and every week on the Hogan Era Podcast, talking about the greatest moments, matches, and feuds ever in the history of the business. Also, of course, all about the Hogan era the golden era of professional wrestling 1984 to 1993 the era that made vince mcmahon a retired billionaire of course the hogan era is without a doubt the greatest era in the history of the wrestling business so here in each and every week talking about some of the greatest matches moments and feuds like i mentioned of course talking about rowdy roddy piper macho man randy savage andre the giant king Kong bundy big john stud and the list goes on and on about these awesome amazing feuds that the hulkster was able to have in basically a 10-year span for the wbf that basically changed the wrestling world forever it changed the wrestling landscape forever today we're going to be talking about a little bit of a different feud it was a very very small feud it really just had three matches together really was a part of a bigger feud involving the mega powers and the twin towers and was also kind of a short run as far as a heel run for terry taylor as the red rooster but my kind of excuse of want to talk about of course he's part of three huge matches with hogan Rumble 89, Rumble 1990, and then, of course, Survivor Series 88, my favorite Survivor Series match, including my favorite Survivor Series team of all time. Plus, it's a great excuse for me to get to talk about the Red Rooster, which is arguably one of the worst gimmicks ever in the history of the business and literally made no sense and was so stupid. It's it's almost laughable to do that to a guy that was a really good hand, a really good wrestler. And it doesn't really make sense of like what the gimmick is supposed to be. And you could tell he really wasn't that into it anyway. Quite frankly, I don't think anybody would be really that into it anyway. But we'll talk about his run that he had in the WWF because, my God, he still works there now. If you think about it, I know he left a few times, went to TNA, went to WCW for a while. But, man, he's still working in NXT now. He's one of the finishing coaches, um, part of the uh, Performance Center for NXT down there. Obviously, good friend of Triple H, but he's been down there for years. Talk about guys coming and going, Regal getting fired, Demott getting fired, you know, uh, guys in and out. Terry Taylor's been able to maintain his spot and worked for the WWF for many, many years, was a road agent. Now he's a trainer and really helping down NXT and the performance center down there. So, man, what a, you know, what a remarkable job you got to be able to do the last in that political maelstrom and that political environment for that long. So just uh, kudos to uh, Terry Taylor. What an amazing job there. But his run during the Hogan era, pretty crazy. Think about it. Basically, 88 to 93, his end of the Hogan era is Hogan's end of the Hogan era. Literally, that Hulkamania tour in 1993 in Germany, we'll get into it. But that's the end of it for Terry Taylor, too. So pretty funny to think, like, wow, the end of his run during the Hogan era literally is when Hulk leaves and Beefcake leaves. So just a really weird little kind of a caveat there and a a weird note to, to throw out there as well so with terry taylor let's get into it and let's talk about him as he is the cock of the walk if you will as, as vince referred to him and why he wanted him to be the red rooster hey he's got the cock of the walk look how cocky he is i could picture him you know walking and being a being a rooster and like um oh, what a like i don't, like what goes on in vince's head i have no idea if we could say he's a genius and obviously a billionaire and change the landscape of professional wrestling and sports entertainment forever but man some of these ideas are just so weird and because i know uh 
Jerry Briscoe has talked about it. I know uh, Bruce Pritchard has talked about it. It's like he literally was looking at Terry Taylor. Like, oh, this guy's cock. He's the cock of the walk. He's the red rooster. And we're going to put a red, you know, um, hair dye in his hair. And, and that's going to be his gimmick. It's just like, really, Vince? That's the thought process on that? that, that that's it? That's the red rooster in a nutshell? I mean, it just sounds so stupid. I mean, it just sounds like such a bad idea and a bad gimmick it's like holy shit i mean this guy been wrestling since 1979 at this point i mean he was uh really all over the place nwa world junior champion uh he's pretty much doing an awesome job in mid-south under bill watts for many years wrestling uh, for mid-atlantic for for the uh for the Crockett's, he was in Georgia Championship Wrestling. He's in CWA in Memphis. He's in the Central States. He's in Border City. I mean, he's in Southeast uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling. A little bit in World Class. I mean, he's kind of just all over the place. Even according to Meltzer in the, in the sheets, he was the most underrated wrestler for 91 and 92. Uh, just one of those guys, it's like, man, you had something with this guy. What could he be? You know, where could he be? And they come up with the Red Rooster. Very, very strange stuff. I mean, he's a Mid-South TV champion two times over. UWF World Tag Team champion twice. UWF Television champion twice. He's a North American heavyweight champion. So, I mean, he had a good, as far as career on the Indies, quote-unquote, really in the territories. Uh, he had a good run all throughout the territories. But just very strange kind of what, what goes on with Terry Taylor and what they thought. Obviously, He's not there from 88 to 93. He does leave for a while and go to WCW for a few years. If you remember, he's Terrence Taylor in the York Foundation. He was a U.S. tag team champion with Greg Valentine, but he ends up coming back to the WWF again, and we'll, we'll go through his run there. But just interesting to note that it wasn't straight from 88 to 93, but from 88 all through 93, you could say in parts, some of those parts, he was a part of the Hogan era. He had a... You know, uh, a bit of, of of a rough time, if you look at it, just as far as his career in, in the WWF. Like, okay, he has some promise. He's a great wrestler. He's a great worker. But then they give him this horrible gimmick, and they saddle him with this shitty Red Rooster gimmick. So we'll get into it uh, some more. But just to, obviously to note, and I'm sure everyone would agree, shitty gimmick, good wrestler, kind of unfortunate What what was to come with him it's like if your guy gets saddled with this gimmick i know dusty had the polka dots and he kind of overcame it but i mean what the hell are you going to do with the red rooster gimmick and feuding with brooklyn brawler i mean you're not you're not really going uh many places unfortunately but uh his first match for the wwf was actually for the wwf 10 20 terry taylor defeated jose estrada in 10 minutes on the msg network mass square garden new york new york then he makes his return to the wwf eight years later 7 10 1988, during the Hogan era, right in the middle of the Hogan era, at a house show at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, Tito Santana would defeat Terry Taylor on that day. The very next day, at a house show in San Francisco, San Francisco excuse me, at the Cow Palace, Terry Taylor defeated Jerry Allen. So he wasn't at first going to be the Red Rooster, so to speak. He then loses to Tito at another house show on the 12th. There's a dark match against the Conquistador. So it's almost like thinking to yourself, like, he's not really well thought of. Like, yes, he'll get wins over, you know, Jerry Allen and Jose Estrada and Scott Casey and different guys, and even Richard Charland 
shockingly enough. But he will not really get any big wins so far when he first starts out. I mean, he's losing to Tito Santana. He's losing to the Iron Sheik on the Z Channel, 715-88, part of a uh, dark match at the Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles, California. Sheiky Baby still there in 88. He loses a tag match, him and Sam Houston, part of a Superstars 98 dark match taping in La Crosse, Wisconsin. The Contistadors defeated Sam Houston and Terry Taylor. But then he'll, like I said, he'll beat Scott Casey in a bunch of shows. He'll beat him on the Prism Network. He'll beat him at the Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, then he'll beat Richard Charland in the Maple Leaf Gardens on the MSG Network, 725-88. Terry Taylor defeated Lanny Poffo in 10 minutes. And the Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, of course, that's on the MSG Network TV show. So nice little win there. Then a part of the big WrestleFest 88, where obviously Hogan and Andre in the cage, DiBiase versus Macho Man for the WWF World title. Big time show, did true very well at the Milwaukee County Stadium in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Kurt Hennig defeated Terry Taylor in five minutes. There was actually 26,000 people in attendance there in 88 for WrestleFest. Pretty damn good show. He'll lose to Jim Neidhart. He'll beat Sam Houston. He'll beat Scott Casey. A bunch will beat DJ Peterson. Um, interesting wins over Richard Hartland, who obviously people remember was kind of a fake demolition member with Axe um, in, in a few places. Uh, getting a win over DJ Peterson here, who was big in the Central States. Um, getting a win over David Isley. Uh, ben Barsib, Basrab, if you will. He's getting a win over him. If, if you're familiar with uh, Stu Hart in, in, in Calgary, Canada, you'll recognize that name. He's losing a bunch of matches to Terry Taylor. I mean, excuse me, to um, Terry Taylor's losing a bunch of matches to Hillbilly Jim, oddly enough, in a few house shows. Then he beats Lenny Poffo, and then a part of a Superstars taping, Superstars 109 Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. He officially will become the Red Rooster. 9-13-1988, Red Rooster defeats Lenny Poffo, two minutes, 30 seconds, part of Superstars, and he's a heel. And he's going to be up with Bobby the Stain, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Wrestling Challenge, Red Rooster defeats John Crew Dog by Countout in Louisville, Kentucky, 6 minutes, 45 seconds. That is 9-14-98, part of a tapings there. He'll win a bunch of matches in a row against B. Brian Blair, including a 16-minute house show match in the Cow Palace in San Francisco. He's going to get a win over Sam Houston on MSG TV at 9-29-1988. And then he's kind of going to go on a little bit of a, of a roll, a little bit of a winning streak with wins over Jim Brenzel, Tommy Angel, Reno Riggins, B. Brian Blair again, until we get to King of the Ring 1988-10-16-88. And, of course, this was in Providence, Rhode Island, where a lot of these early King of the Ring happened before it was televised, before they put it on pay-per-view, before they made it known that they're doing these King of the Rings. They were really held in Providence Civic Center. Just a, a storyline-wise to get, get some house show sales going. And the King of the Ring 1988, the Red Rooster in the first round defeats Marty Jannetty. Then in the second round defeats Iron Mike Sharp. And then in the semifinal match, Randy Savage defeated Red Rooster in about seven minutes and 30 seconds there. Pretty good house there for that show. And obviously the main event, Ted DiBiase defeated Randy Savage via countout in about seven minutes. And DiBiase would win the King of the Ring that year. So interesting to note that for King of the Ring 1988 is uh, Red Rooster getting three pretty good matches. Jannetty, Iron Mike Sharp, and Macho Man. So as we move on here, the Rockers in Utica, New York, would defeat Danny Davis and Terry Taylor on 10-17-88, a part of the house show. Then he's got a bunch of victories over 
Hillbilly Jim, who's finally defeating now, Ken Patera, Jim Brunzel, Paul Roma, Rusty Riddle, Joe Cruz, Scott Casey, Sam Houston again. And, and we're kind of going on and going on as Red Rooster is starting to build up some credibility as a heel. And obviously he's managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, so he's part of the Heenan family. Nice little run there for Red Rooster, getting a bunch of wins in 1988. Then, of course, what we're talking about, the Hogan era stuff. Survivor Series elimination match from Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio, 12, excuse me, 11, 24, 1988. Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, and the mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage defeated Hakeem, Big Boss Man, Haku, Ted DiBiase, and Red Rooster in 30 minutes. One of my favorite Survivor Series matches of all time, and that is my favorite Survivor Series team of all time, the mega powers. Hogan, Savage, Coco Beware, Hillbilly Jim, and Hercules. Think to yourself, why? Why is it not, you know, this all-star team, maybe Luger, Undertaker, Steiners, why isn't it the Warriors, Warrior, Texas Tornado, and, you know, the LOD and the Road Warriors? I don't know, I love this team. It's perfectly constructed, for if you think about it, for wanting to do a match and wanting to have a match. Hogan and Savage, the two main eventers, the two top guys, the two guys that were and going to end up winning the match by themselves. Then you have Hercules, the per perfect double mid-carder. Then you got Hillbilly Jim, who's the mid-carder. And then you got Coco Beware, who's the low mid-carder. So all those guys can easily lose and make the heels look strong and make the babyface winners, Hogan and Savage, the mega powers, look even stronger in victory. And it makes it look like, wow, Hakeem, Bossman, Rooster, DiBiase, Haku, they're going to win. They're going to win because Hogan's team isn't as good as that team. So it just makes it a perfect disadvantage. And almost can you can give Hogan and Savage like, oh, they're a little bit underdogs here in this match. So that's the perfect constructed team to me when you've got two high-level main event guys, an upper mid-carder, mid-carder, and a low mid-carder. That's just me. But that's my favorite team of all time, and I absolutely love the team. And I love that Red Rooster is part of that match. And I love that he's getting beat up by the Hulkster. And then not only is he getting beat up by the Hulkster, then Savage hits the elbow and eliminates Red Rooster from that match. Then Red Rooster has a bunch of matches, and it kind of goes back and forth with Coco Beware. He's getting a bunch of wins over Coco, but they are having time limit draws. They actually have a 20-minute time limit draw at Boston Garden in Boston, Massachusetts on 12-388, a part of the Nesson Network. So it's on TV and available. He has a TV match against Red uh, against Sam Houston, the Red Rooster does, on Prism Network, and Red Rooster gets the win in five minutes, and that is available because it was taped because it's at the Spectrum in Philly, PA, and the Prism Network was their TV network. Then on Saturday night's main event, number 19 from the Sun Dome in Tampa, Florida, 12-7-1988, Tito Santana defeats the Red Rooster in seven minutes and 30 seconds. About 9,000 people in attendance for that one. That was a big-time show. Taped on 12-7 and aired on 1-7-89. Pretty good, pretty high-profile match for Tito on that card with uh, uh, with Red Rooster there. And Red Rooster obviously loses. Bobby the Brain Heenan was in his corner. Also on that card, to note, Warrior defeated Honky Tonk Man. Hulk Hogan defeated Akeem. So pretty star-studded and loaded Saturday night's main event there for the Red Rooster. The Blue Blazer and the Red Rooster on 123088 go to a time limit draw, 20 minutes on the MSG Network in Madison Square Garden. So he's going a lot of uh, TV draws here, but he's a hell of a worker and a hell of a hand and a great wrestler. So 20-minute time limit draw, probably a pretty damn good match. I got to go see if I can find that match. It's probably on YouTube. I know the network and the, um, the W network and Peacock sometimes doesn't have these MSG shows, but they should have them because they were taped and they are available. So weird, weird there. 115-1989, Royal Rumble 89. 
as Hulk Hogan does not win that one, but he is a part of the match and has an awesome kind of uh, run there as he gets eliminated by the twin towers, boss man and Akeem. When you also look at it with red rooster being a part of the match, pretty, uh, pretty high profile match. You're technically part of another main event. So two main events in a row that we're talking about in two pay-per-views in a row. So not bad there for the red rooster. I know he's not a, a high part of the card or, anything special but still pretty good you're part of survivor series 88 main event and you're part of the royal rumble 89 main event he's not winning anything but still he's a part of those main events pretty damn cool for terry taylor aka the red rooster at the point of course big john stud eliminating ted dibiase last would go on to win royal rumble 1989 that was at the summit in houston texas part of the superstars taping number 127 as red rooster is basically a baby face you know at this point as he's turning face and he's because of the little feud if everybody remembers on prime time dibiase i mean uh bobby the brain heenan goes to say to, to terry taylor you know i'm done with you you know you're a loser i'm done with you screw you and there's an awesome segment where brooklyn brawler and Terry Taylor way ahead of its time and something you're not used to seeing and didn't see a lot of it at this point. I mean, they destroy the set and they destroy the back and they just literally Heenan and Brooklyn Brawler beat the living shit at a red rooster, but they really beat the shit of each other. Really cool segment. Find it on primetime. It's a really, really cool segment. It's totally different because it's like a low mid card kind of feud, but they're really getting good airtime and a really good feud there. So on 116.89, the Red Rooster defeats Danny Davis. Then on 121.89, the Red Rooster defeats Bora Zukov. Like I said, a part of the 124.89 Superstars taping number 127 in Tucson Convention Center in Tucson, Arizona. Mr. Perfect defeated the Red Rooster via countout. Two minutes, 30 seconds. WBF on the Z Channel, which is recorded out there at the LA Sports Memorial Coliseum, LA, California. 129.89, the Red Rooster defeated Danny Davis in 16 minutes. Giving it quite a run. Then there's a bunch of matches where the Red Rooster will defeat Brooklyn Brawler, including Red Rooster defeating Brooklyn Brawler 10 minutes, 50 seconds on the Prism Network. That was on February 11th, 89. Of course, Philly Spectrum and Philly PA. Prism Network means it's recorded. It is out there somewhere. Red Rooster getting a big victory over the Brooklyn Brawler. That was a really big feud for them. I know they're they're a part of uh, TV tapings, having matches against each other. They're a part of Saturday Night's main event. Two sixteen eighty nine. Red Rooster defeated Brooklyn Brawler in one minute. Saturday Night's main event number twenty. Hershey, PA. So that was the the big feud. I know he's getting wins over other guys like Barry Horowitz and and stuff like that. But his real big feud is Brooklyn Brawler. Man, they wrestled a lot. They had a ton of matches in nineteen eighty nine. The Red Rooster, part of WrestleMania five. The Red Rooster would defeat that's right bobby the brain heenan the mega powers explode trump plaza convention center atlantic city new jersey 4 2 1989 red rooster defeat bobby heenan in about 30 seconds so as we're kind of going through his run and really talking about the red rooster getting a bunch of victories as we keep going through 1989 he'll lose i mean he'll win on superstar over guys like chris evans and brian johnson but he's losing Big matches to Mr. Perfect and Greg Valentine kind of along the way. Then he has a time limit draw against Greg Valentine at a house that goes 20 minutes in Jacksonville, Tennessee. He's beating Jim Merkel on Wrestling Challenge. Then we get to SummerSlam 1989. Feel the heat from Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. 8 1989. Mr. Perfect defeats Red Rooster in about three minutes. Then King of the Ring 89 comes around, of course, 
11, excuse me, 10, 14, 1989, always happened in October and always happened at the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island for several years. Haku defeated the Red Rooster in the first round of that King of the Ring, 89. Of course, that King of the Ring in 1989 was won by Tito Santana, defeated Rick Martel in the finals there. And then 10, 31, 89, Saturday night's main event number 24 from the Kansas Expo Center in Topeka, Kansas. Mr. Perfect again gets a victory over the Red Rooster in four minutes. Wrestling Challenge 173 from the War Memorial Coliseum, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Red Rooster defeated Barry Horowitz, part of Wrestling Challenge taping number 173. Really, if you look at it, I mean, he was there from all through 88, and we're going through all the way through 89. And then we hit Royal Rumble 1991-21-1990. Hulk Hogan wins by finally eliminating Mr. Perfect at the end. That was, of course, held at the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. Red Rooster, of course, was in that match as well. He's got a bunch of matches in 1990, losing to the Earthquake, losing to Rick the Model Martel, even losing to Al Perez and the Honky Tonk Man along the way. 7-30, excuse me, 7 Three seven nineteen ninety. So March seventh, nineteen ninety. Teddy Biasi defeated the Red Rooster on Prime Time Wrestling, part of the Ultimate Challenge Special, to Cal Palace in San Francisco, California. DiBiase defeated him in about eight minutes. So as you're kind of going through his last match, at part of this first part of the Hogan era before he jumped ship to WCW. Six sixteen nineteen ninety. Akeem defeated Red Rooster in. Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, and he's on his way there. He makes his return in 1992. He's no longer the Red Rooster. He's back to being Terry Taylor. He defeats Jim Powers on a primetime wrestling TV taping in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That is from 9-21-1992. Then he wins again on the same day, taping later for a different edition of primetime wrestling. Terry Taylor defeated Jim Brunzel in 7 minutes and 30 seconds. He's getting some wins over guys like Brunzel and Jim Powers, but he's losing to Virgil. He's losing to the El Matador, Tito Santana. He's having a, buy, a, a draw against Tito Santana. He's losing to Max Moon in a bunch of shows. He's losing to Lance Cassidy, who's, of course, with Steve Armstrong in a bunch of shows. So it's like, okay, you're back, but you're kind of an enhancement guy. We're not going to really use you to your full potential, even though you're a hell of a hand and a hell of a worker. He again faces Mr. Perfect, one four ninety three part of a TV taping. Those two always had great chemistry and always had great matches. Perfect defeats him in Beaumont, Texas in eight minutes. He beats Terry Taylor, beats Rena Riggins in San Antonio, Texas, part of Superstars 330 taping. Then on Monday Night Raw, 118-1993, Mr. Perfect defeats Terry Taylor in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. That's actually the second ever Monday Night Raw, and of course that was at the Manhattan Center in New York. New York, there was a house show right after that, four days later, as Bob Backlund defeated Terry Taylor in Denver, Colorado. Hulk Hogan, of course, is not a part of this Royal Rumble, but Terry Taylor is, so another main event. 124-1993, the Royal Rumble from the Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. Yokozuna defeated everybody. Last eliminated Macho Man Randy Savage and wins that Royal Rumble. Then 2-1-1993, 15-man battle royal, part of Raw number 5. Of course, at the Manhattan Center in New York, New York, Razor Ramon defeated everybody, including Terry Taylor, to win that one. Rears Monday Night Raw taping number 6 as 2-22-93 rolls around. Manhattan Center in New York, New York, Crush defeated Terry Taylor there. There's the Wrestling Challenge taping where Terry Taylor defeated the legendary Joey Maggs. In Augusta, Georgia, 3-9-1993. And as we're rolling across here, 1993, Virgil is beating 
Terry Taylor a lot. Owen Hart is beating him a lot. Terry Taylor would get a win over Owen at a house show in Pittsburgh, PA, but then immediately the next night at the at a show that I was at in East Rutherford, New Jersey, 522-93, Owen Hart defeated Terry Taylor there. So exchanging some victories back and forth, and then Owen goes on to win about 10 in a row on house shows. Then 1-2-3 kid, it's his turn as he'll beat Terry Taylor on a ton of house shows in a row. And then, of course, the end of the Hogan era for Terry Taylor. He loses all his matches a part of the Hulk, Manny Hulk Hogan summer tour. Really, the Hulkamania tour had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dates there from 729-1993 all the way to the end of August 6, 1993. Bruce Beefcake defeated Terry Taylor in every town, whether it was Germany or England or even Scotland. Beefcake was getting the win over Terry Taylor going eight no there, part of the Hulkamania tour. Of course, did quite well. 10,000 people a few nights drew there. Of course, the main event of each and every show, Hogan would defeat Yokozuna, who was the world champion at the time, by disqualification. So that's really it for the Hogan era for Terry Taylor. Quite a run there. If you really look at it, most of 92, most of 93, most of 88 and 89, um, and some of 1990 as well. A little bit of 91 and 92 in the WCW, as that, as that goes. Just to finish him off, as far as the WWF run him wrestling, he of course would return as an agent, a producer and a trainer for many, many years or after, like I mentioned that before, but five, 15, 1999, five, 16, 1999. He's got two matches against Kurt Angle on house shows in Baltimore, Maryland and Richmond, Virginia. Kurt Angle beats Terry Taylor on both of those. And then nine, 23, 1999, his last match ever for the WWF, Joey Abs defeated Terry Taylor in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. So, that's about it. A nice little run there for Terry Taylor, a.k.a. the Red Rooster during the Hogan era. A horrible gimmick he was saddled with, but he was still a great wrestler. And obviously, by not complaining, that got him a long run as an agent, producer, and trainer for the WWF that he's still there today. Main event, Survivor Series 88, Royal Rumble 89, and Royal Rumble 1990 for the Red Rooster. So let's wrap it up and hit the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and of course patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire like to thank everybody for tuning in we'll see you right back here next week for the hogan era podcast see you next week folks this has been a john pause power trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling you could follow us on instagram and twitter at two-man power trip you could check us out on facebook you could subscribe on youtube you can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.
Oh, leveled him with a big roundhouse right. Rooster for the ride right into the size 16. Tag made to Savage. Oh, plants him. Bombs away. Defender flying over. over. Nobody gets up from that. Stick the fork in the rooster. He's done. And this place has gone crazy. Hulkster congratulating the Macho Man. Everybody high-fiving, but it's a long way from being over. You know, I'm really surprised Hogan didn't cheap shot the rooster. He's got the chance. There's a wrestler, Heenan's a manager, so I wouldn't classify some huge victory. Look at this, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, this is like back alley right here. A block and Rooster starting to pepper the brawler here. Roundhouse right down he goes. A rugged Ronnie Garvin, the guest official. I can't believe this. Standing by is the genius. Brooklyn Brawl is very ugly. The Rooster's kind of cute. Together they are fighting for their share of winners. The Brawler comes from Brooklyn. The Rooster's more urban. The genius picks the Brawler because Heenan has the brain. Well, what about that? Uh, would you concur with that, Jesse, or not? Ooh, look at that maneuver. What a nice suplex that was by well, the Rooster. Well, generally, I would concur with that, but the Rooster 
hates Heenan so badly that that could be the inspiration to him. Under normal circumstances, I'd have to agree with the genius, but I'm not so, quite so sure. Bobby Heenan with his advice, and it looks like it paid off right away. Well, he told the brawler, this is the streets, it's yeah, not a yeah, ring. Yeah. Go oh, come on, ref, get in there. Rugged Ronnie Garvin warning the ball of his tactics a moment ago. It's nice to see Rugged Ronnie Garvin's gotten a new job, isn't it? His days of wrestling are over. <laughs> All right, well, look it up, maneuver. Courtesy of Valentine. That's a different Come subject. On. Set the ring here in the street. Go. Advised by the brain, and we have our cover. It's over. One, two, and... Uh-oh, it's not over. Hey, the brawler's a tough guy. You're not going to stop him with a single knee drop. To the buck. Ooh, no. And there's a mistake by the rooster. Come in, left yeah. himself wide open, and the brawler raising up that big boot. Caught him flush on the jaw. Big mistake. But you have to take chances like that, Jesse. Certainly. Sometimes you get caught, though. Look at that cowardly slap by Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Maybe the rooster had a few cobwebs and Bobby's shaking them out. Isn't that nice? Oh, my. I'll leave a mark on your face for a while. That's a move I used to like to do right there. What's that? Put the mark on your face. Drag the guy's face right across that top rope. When you're in that ring, use anything available. That's it, Brawler. Bobby Hina now encouraging his Brooklyn Brawler off the road. Ooh, a line, a vicious one indeed. He's not going for the cover. Finish him off. Look at this. Watch, he's going up. I've never seen that before, not by the Brawler. He's in slow motion for crying out loud, and look, he's been caught. The Red Rooster has the Brooklyn Brawler right where he wants it. Big slam off the top rope. And now Heenan's got reason to be concerned. You know, recover from something like that right away. And look at that maneuver. Reverse neck breaker off the rope. Slick maneuver. Yeah.
a participant. Wait a minute. Look at this. Look what the brawler's doing. He has no right attacking a referee like that. He's going to pay for that one. Wait a minute. He's paying now. Well, I'll tell you what. Carving away on Lombardi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rugged Ronnie Garvin is not exactly a normal referee. He can definitely defend himself. Yeah, you might say that. Bobby Heenan in the Brooklyn Brawler. Headed back to the dressing room. A little bit spread over that. One of the reasons right there. There you see the rooster coming over the top. Now here is where the brawler grabs the top rope. Yeah, but Garvin has...